This is the Westwards podcast, a fortnightly production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. Western Sydney is located on the traditional lands of the Darug, Gunungurra and Tharawal nations, and we acknowledge and offer our respects to all Indigenous people and to their Elders past, present and emerging. Opinions and views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Westwards organisation. If you'd like to ask questions, offer feedback or simply learn more about what we do at Westwards, please visit westwards.com.au. All right, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to today's Westwards podcast with me, James Roy. I'm your host today, as I am most weeks. In case you haven't been paying attention, what is Westwards? We're a Western Sydney-based literature organisation, literature development. Now, that's not to be confused with literacy. I think it was maybe a fortnight ago I made this distinction on the podcast that literature and literacy are two very different things. Literacy is the ability to read and write and to read what other people have written and understand and to use, use the written word to, uh, to understand the world and, and express opinions. Literature, on the other hand, is a slightly different thing. So the example that we often use is the shopping list analogy. Uh, if, you have a, if you can write a shopping list, if you can read someone else's shopping list, if you can buy from that shopping list successfully, then you are engaging in literacy. However, if you were to write that shopping list as a poem that has something to say about the person behind that list and give an insight into their character or or their experience, then you're a little bit closer to the idea idea of literature. Now, why is this relevant today? It's not relevant today so much as on Wednesday it was UNESCO International Literacy Day. Now, UNESCO has been doing this for uh, a number of years, since 1967, in fact, so quite a few years. And the celebrations that they they encourage have been taking place around the world every year to remind the public of the importance of literacy as a matter of dignity and human rights and to advance the literacy agenda towards a more literate and sustainable society around the world. And we know very clearly from strong evidence that the best pathway out of poverty and underdevelopment is education. And key to that education is the ability to read and write. So we're very much in favour of this, even though our main objective at Westwards is to develop develop literature. Literature is not worth very much if people can't write it or read it. Now, the other reason that I think it's relevant today, and I'm going to be talking in a little bit about uh, a podcast that I conducted with someone called... Paula Kelly Paul during the week. Incidentally, it wasn't planned this way, but it ended up being the day before International Literacy Day. And this is an interesting conversation I had with Paula, who is a bit of a library guru, a library expert, uh, a lifelong library expert. And she's got some interesting things to say about literacy and the role of libraries in, in our modern world. So we'll get to that in a little while, and that will tie in, I think, as well. But first, I want to get to our birthdays. Now, this is something we do on this podcast, is we have a birthday shout-out to someone who was born, usually born, sometimes they have passed away or an event took place on this particular day. 
But for September 11, 1964, we're uh, looking at a birthday of somebody who is one of my personal... Oh, heroes is probably a strong word, but one of my personal... No, I'm going to say it. One of my personal heroes. I, I'm, As a musician, I'm primarily a bassist, a bass player, and this person is one of the world's best bass players. But he's got a lot of really interesting things to say that really tie into this idea of literacy. So let's get on with it. So as I said just a moment ago, we're going to be looking at somebody who was born on this day, September 11. Usually when we say September 11, of course, there is another connotation. There's the uh, the attacks on New York City, Washington DC, and the plane that crashed in Virginia on September 11, 2001. But something we can celebrate today is the birth of one Victor Wooten. Victor Wooten is one of the world's preeminent bass players. He's played with well, he's been, a, he's been playing with Bella Fleck and the Flecktones for the entirety of, of that band's existence. But he's, he's played alongside such players as Mike Stern and Bootsy Collins and Eric Bibb. Keb Moe, he played with Dave Matthews' band. Uh, Mark O'Connor. He also plays in a band with two other of, two other of the world's great bass players. Uh, so it's sort of, I'm nerding out right now talking about this, but he plays in a band with uh, Marcus Miller. And Stanley Clark. So that's well, that's really anyone who's had any had much to do with bass playing will right at this moment their eyes will be rolling back in their heads to imagine that. But he's also a very fine uh, solo band leader. He plays his own solo work, recorded records his own solo work. He's a very good producer. But he's also a terrific writer. He wrote an excellent book called The Music Lesson: A Spiritual Search for Growth Through Music. And I've got a couple of quotes from that one to share with you. The first one isn't really relevant to what we're talking about. I'm just using this as a platform to speak for all the bass players out there. Uh, and anyone who has played bass will understand what I'm talking about. Oh, you're just the, the bass player. That's what you often hear. So if you just indulge me for a moment, this is what Victor Wooten says about this. The bass is understated and underappreciated, yet it plays the most important role. The bass is the link between harmony and rhythm. It is the foundation of a band. It is what all the other instruments stand upon, but it is rarely recognised as that. So, yeah, we, won't, we don't need to say any more about that. But this is the quote I really wanted to, to share with you from Victor Wooten. He said, You can only teach yourself. Until we live in a day where I can physically implant knowledge into your head, I can teach you nothing. I can only show you things. And I like to think about that in terms of, of literacy. It's all very well to expect young people to be to learn to read, but until you put things in front of them, until you put books in front of them that they can be enthused by and excited by and and immerse themselves in, until you show them those things, they're not going to want to learn. They won't learn anything. And so Victor Wooten, happy birthday today. Thank you for your insights into all sorts of things and it's a really great book it, it it's not just about music at all it's really a a book about life and and how music is a metaphor but also a, a terrific way of getting through that life in a really engaging and uh and rewarding way so check it out by victor wooten the book again is called the music lesson a spiritual search for growth through music so while we're talking about putting things in front of people I would like to talk a little bit about something that Westwards is uh, conducting, running at the moment. It's open now. It's 
it's still only September. I'm aware of this. Uh, you don't have to email me and tell me that. I, I do know. But we're talking, of course, about something that we've done the last three years called Booktober. Booktober is... How did we describe it last year? We said it was sort of like sort of like a, uh, a readathon for, for grown-ups. And that's, I guess that's probably fair. But it's run in conjunction with the wonderful people at Booktopia. And so what this is, is a we're encouraging people to become bookworms where you register and you get sponsored to read, uh, read books. And those donations, they come to Westwards to help deliver hundreds of books to kids in Greater Western Sydney, as well as providing life-changing literary programs like the ones that we run. We're hoping to raise $20,000 this year. And that will all go to supporting the community in terms of literacy and literature. Keeping in mind that distinction we talked about a moment ago. So, of course, you can do walks and fun runs and, and marathons for charity. Uh, but a lot of this stuff has been cancelled. So by signing up as a bookworm for Booktober, you can help raise these funds without even going out of the front door. You don't have to put pants on if you don't want to. We encourage you do if you have people living in the house with you, but there's no obligation, whereas I think if you go for a, a fun run, you probably have to wear pants. So while being active is very important, this is one you don't even have to get that active to do. You can just stay home, breathe, read a book, all for a good cause. Now, our Westbirds ambassador, Brian Brown, he's been calling on people to get involved in the special initiative that will help raise funds for kids who don't have the opportunity to access these programs or have their very own books. And Brian Brown would know. He, he was a Western Sydney boy, born and raised, and went on to has gone on to have a terrific acting and directing career and has just written another novel, which is, by all accounts, very good. There's a few prizes on offer, and our good friends at Booktopia, the online bookshop, are offering a 10% discount code to all of the bookworms who sign up this year. So that's a terrific opportunity for you as a reader uh, to get hold of some new books, read, get some sponsors, raise some money, and help put books in the hands of young people. Uh, it makes a real difference. So the place to go to get the information that you need is our website, westwords.com.au, and uh, all the details are there. So go and click on there, sign in, get sponsored, and, as I say, make a real difference. A little earlier I mentioned that I had done a podcast with Paula Kelly-Paul. It's one of the mini masterclass podcasts that we have every fortnight, and this one was recorded on this Tuesday just gone. Paula is, she was a teacher, and she was a, li a teacher librarian, and then she went on to work in public libraries and she became an administrator for libraries she ended up working at the center for youth literature uh, out of the state library of victoria and now she works in the independent sector designing library and learning spaces and i had a chat with her about where libraries are and what libraries are becoming and what they have become because for a very long time libraries were well, they were private affairs, and then they became public affairs where there were grouchy librarians with their with their hair up in buns and uh, scowling and shushing. And then they became something a little bit different. They became the learning hub and the, the well, they gave them all sorts of names. But where are they going next? And Paula's argument is that they've actually kind of gone full circle because now they've become 
a resource place and a community place and a place where people from the community go to find information. Now, that isn't just about reading books and getting stories, but is about actually living practical lives. And in fact, the argument that Paula makes is that libraries have, in a sense, gone full circle back to the Agora, which was a meeting place back in, uh, in ancient, ancient Greece. And the most famous Agora of all was the, the Great Library of Alexandria, which was in Egypt, but it was under, under Greek uh, rule at the time. And she makes the case that really, in a sense, after 3,000 years, we're sort of back where we started in a way. So here's just a little bit of what she had to say in our conversation the other day. They haven't gone away. I don't think they'll ever go away. And I think the other thing to say is that I think libraries, everything that's old is new again, because I think they are now the, the agora, they're the modern day agora of the old, of where libraries began back in Alexandria, where it was a place for people to orate and share their knowledge and come together in community and find out information that they couldn't access otherwise. You know, this, this, is, this is what libraries have always been. I think what's changed fundamentally is that we are employing people in libraries who don't want to keep it as a private club anymore. You know, so there's a genuine drive for people to be open and include the community and, and really warmly welcome people. And that's, you know, abolishing fines is part of that. Let's take down the barriers to using these spaces. So, yes, to me, I think the library is the new church in many ways, in a good way is what I'm saying, not in all the bad ways that churches can be, but in, in all the good ways that they are. And um, I feel incredibly proud to still be associated with them and that will be my life's work. We'll continue to do that. And my latest uh, connection to that is through... IFLA, which is the International Federation of Libraries on the Standing Committee for Reading and Literacy. So I'll be doing this for quite some time, I think, James. So that was the incredibly passionate Paula Kelly-Paul talking about libraries and where they are now and, and where they've come from and how, as she says, everything old is new again. She also There's also a little bit at the end of this particular podcast talking about uh, how libraries can be used and, and taken advantage of in the life of covid but if you want to check that out and the other 40-plus podcasts that we have in the Mini Masterclass uh, suite, go to westwords.com.au and look for the links. You can also subscribe to our newsletter in which we publicise each one of these as they come out. But there's something in those Mini Masterclasses for everyone. So if you're a writer, if you're a, a reader, if you are just interested in the way creativity works, then please go ahead and check it out. I think you'll find something in there that you enjoy. So a couple of other bits of news for you before we wrap up. Uh, the schools updates. Now, apparently, um, oh, who knows when we're going to be going back. It's all in a state of flux, even though a new announcement comes out every day. Pardon my cynicism, but it's starting to get a little bit kind of hard to read, isn't it? So at the moment, we've had to postpone most school programs that we're going to be running in terms three and four until next year. There'll be a couple of writers in residence that will still take place online. And there may be some opportunities for a couple to go back in, in person. But for the most part, uh, it's, our programs are either going to be online or they're going to be postponed until next year. And look, the, the online thing is tricky because I don't know that kids want to be putting their head in a computer screen anymore. Are they doing enough of that with the other schoolwork? But you never know. 
So if you are from a school that we have been working with, you should have received some kind of update from our school's program manager, Cheryl Coots. But if you do have questions, please give us a shout. And if you would like to ask us about what we can do for you in the new year once everything goes back uh, into in-person, please don't hesitate to contact Cheryl, S-H-E-R-Y-L, at westwords.com.au or, or go to the website and follow the links for the contacts and we will do what we can. One thing that is around that uh, is really useful, I think, is the clubhouse, the guest blog in the clubhouse. And we are very fortunate this year, or this month rather, to have Pamela Freeman in the clubhouse. Pamela recently, she's a, she's a very successful and widely published author who writes for all sorts of different genres, all sorts of different audiences, adults, children, everyone in between. And uh, she is the guest at the Clubhouse blog for September. And so if you have young people who are in any way interested in how stories work or picking the brains of a real live writer, Pamela's the one for this month. So head on over there. Now, Pamela's recently had some success. Her book, Dry to Dry, The Seasons of Kakadu, which was published by Walker Books and illustrated by Liz Annelli, recently won the Eve Powell Information Book Award from the CBC, the Children's Book Council. So congratulations for that, Pamela. And if you'd like to get along there or your young people would like to get along there, just head to westwords.com.au slash clubhouse or just go to the main website and look for the links and you'll find the clubhouse. And there's all sorts of things on there. There's videos and there's drawing workshops and there's uh, the blog, of course, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Speaking of opportunities and things that you can do, we're getting to the pointy end of a couple of the uh, competitions that we are partnered in. The main one that's, that's closing, well, tomorrow really, is uh, Penrith Lockdown Life, which is for anyone living in Penrith City local government area, aged eight and above, or someone who holds a Penrith City Libraries card can enter. It's free to enter, but there's some pretty impressive uh, prizes attached to that one. But the other ones are, if you're in Blacktown, the Blacktown City Merrill Creative Writing Prize is still open. And there's real prize money there. And there's also the Fisher's Ghost Writing Prize if you're 10 and above and live in Campbelltown City local government area. You can enter that competition. There's also the Blake Poetry Prize if you're a poet. And that's open for a little while longer yet. So you've got time to really polish that poem and get it submitted. Now some of the other digital offerings that we have for you. We have one of our regular readings on our YouTube channel, Westwards Official, and this month it is, or this week, it is The Attack by Catherine Jinks. Catherine is a good friend of Westwards. She's done a bit of work for us in the past, quite a bit of work. She's also um, a Blue Mountains writer who has written multiple books uh, for adults, young adults, children, and all the rest. She's won the Children's Book Council of Australia Book of the Year Award four times and has also won a Victorian Premier's Literary Award. And her new book, The Attack, as I say from text publishing, it's, um, well, look, all I have to tell you is that it's set in a former leper colony. So that sounds creepy. But if you want to see how creepy it is and how good it is, and it is good, go and listen to Catherine read her work uh, on our YouTube channel. You can find it by going to either Westwards Official on your YouTube search bar or you can go to our, web, our website and follow the links or again, subscribe to the newsletter. 
And that, my friends, is it from us for this fortnight. I'll be back in another fortnight with a another one of these News Views Interviews podcasts. But I'll also be back in about a week with another mini masterclass. So please stay safe. Follow the instructions in your local area. Happy creating. If you are creating this weekend or this week, please do so with courage and conviction and uh, enthusiasm. And as we always say, happy creating. Bye for now. Thank you.